You can tell when someone's excited. You can tell when someone's enjoying all the parts of it, not just the parts that they show on social media, but the actual life that they get to live. The passion is what allows me to feel contentment. If you're passionate about the work, then the work itself is what motivates you to keep going. It's not the ego-driven things. It's not the numbers. It's not, ironically, that stuff comes, but it doesn't come because you tried to force it. It comes because you just, you're loving what you're doing. You believe in your message. You believe in what you're saying. And so that's the energy you put out into the world. And those are the people that you attract back. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. This is silly or dumb, but I want to acknowledge this kimono that I'm wearing because it's such a cool story and because I feel like it's a good lesson for all of us today. When I, years ago, we were looking for a house in LA and we had had a lot of luck with finding houses in good neighborhoods, but the house was like a disaster. And we would take on a multi-year construction project and we would live in the house while the construction was going on, which I do not recommend if you can help it, but we couldn't afford anything else. So we just like live there and slowly make the house great. And there was one house where we bought it from the adult children of the couple who had lived there. And the couple who had lived there were the second owners. This house was built in like 1938. But the people that lived there were the second owners. So it had stayed with this couple for so many years. And when I walked through in the final inspection, I opened one of the closets and there was a closet filled with vintage clothes. And I died. Like I love vintage. I I love vintage everything, but certainly vintage clothes. I used to have a, when I was a blogger, I used to have a hashtag called something like Rach loves vintage. And it would just be whenever I wore vintage. So I opened this closet and I'm like dying. And I said to the, you know, our real estate agent, oh my gosh, they left this closet filled with clothes. And clearly these had been this woman who lived here for 40 years. Like these were her clothes and did the kids want them back? And the kids were like, oh, if you, well, you know, if you want them, you can have them. And I was like, what? Holy crap. Because there were like amazing dresses and like skirts and and this Japanese vintage kimono. If you can't see it, guys, it's just, it's a dream. It's like a bright red. It's beautiful silk. It goes all the way to my ankles. And all these clothes, I like, I still have them. I gathered them up. 
I would wear them, but this particular piece, I never wear. It hangs in my closet and I never wear it because it's silk and because it's delicate and I'm afraid I'm going to hurt it and I'm pretty klutzy and I'm pretty clumsy and I was just like, oh, you know, I'm for sure going to spill something on this and so I don't wear it. And today, I wanted to make this podcast episode for y'all and I'm just still in my workout clothes. I'm not going to lie. I did not take a shower today. I washed my face, put a little makeup on for you. (laughs) And that was the full extent of what I was going to do for our hangout. But I was in my closet and I saw this and I was like, I never wear that. I never wear that because I'm afraid of it getting hurt. And so therefore it's just wasted. And it's crazy because I don't live my life this way. Like I use the good china on a Tuesday. And I have this vintage coffee like percolator that was my grandpa's. It's probably the most sacred thing that I own. And it's fully glass. I don't know if you guys know those like old school little like coffee pot things. I use it every day of my life and I have for 20 years. And every time I'm like, oh God, if I break this, I'm going to be devastated. But at the same time, every time I use it, I think of my grandpa and I want to like utilize stuff. And so I saw this and I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear that kimono for the guys, for whoever managed to see this episode just because it's red and it's pretty. And I thought, why not? So I just thought that was a good reminder today. Use the stuff. Wear the nice heels. Like, if not now, then when? I think, man, have I had experience after experience after experience that reminds me that tomorrow is not guaranteed. This is it. This day, this is all we have. So if this is all we have, let's let's wear the thing. Let's say the thing. Let's enjoy the moment to the fullest that we're capable of because we don't know when there are no more moments. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Rach and welcome to another episode of Ask, Ask Rach. That's what the show's called. We couldn't come up with anything more clever. That's what we're doing here today. But I got big news. I have got massive very exciting news for the Ask Rage community. We have had a hotline for this podcast for three years. 737-400-4626. You can call, your mama can call, your sister, anybody can call and they can ask me anything. Whatever you're worried about, whatever you're wondering about. Uh, People ask me about career, relationship, sex, body, parenting, you name it. I get all the questions. But y'all, in three years, something has never happened until today. A dude called. <laughs> I'm so pumped. I was like the, the laugh of an evil dictator. But I feel like if we are, we are making inroads, y'all, we are, we are leading out. We're doing something that the boys are finally calling into hotline. Thousands of women calling in from all over the world, and finally, a guy. And frankly, he could have asked me anything. 
he could have asked me about testicles and I don't know a lot about testicles, but I would have answered because if the boys are going to show up, I want to, I want to show up for them. Cause it's like, let's, let's do this. Cause you know, who needs the emotional healing and the self-work and the soul work and all of it, you know, who needs that most? You guessed it. The ones with a penis. So let's listen to this question. Hey, Rachel, thanks so much for all you do um, on the podcast. I'm a big fan and listener and wanted to get your advice on how you balance ambition and contentment. Um, I'm someone who, you know, I have dreams of you know, being a, you know, a player on the world stage in terms of like the type of career that you've created, being an influencer, mogul, thought leader. Um, and sometimes when thinking about these big grand dreams for the future, um, I think I start to miss the present and just get kind of worried and anxious about missing missing what's going on now just because I'm thinking so much about what I want to do or putting pressure on myself to do everything right away. And I'm only 29, so I know I have a ton of time. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just would be curious to hear your thoughts on sort of how you enjoy the journey and enjoy the process along along the way and just that balance of contentment and ambition. Thanks again for all you do. Okay. I mean, what a way to show out, boys. What a way to show out the first question. You're telling me it all I understand that this all it almost seems like we faked this because it's too good of a question. Because of all the questions for a man to ask, a man called in and asked a woman for advice on this topic. I love you for this. Now, I noticed you didn't leave your name. So, okay, that's fine. Like, I respect it. I'm going to call you Chad. No, I'm not going to call you Chad. I'm going to call you Jason. That's what we're calling you. Jason Derulo. That's neither here nor there. I actually love this question because I think that it's something that anyone who is ambitious and also trying to be a conscious being, also trying to be grounded, to live in a state of gratitude, like anyone who wants to live a good life on the road to a life they think is going to be even better has to be grappling with this. And in conversations we've had about it before, what I always go back to is that most people will be driven to make change. They'll be driven to pursue something more for their lives out of a place of fear or out of a place of something negative, like a negative driver will become a catalyst for them to make change. So they're like, I don't ever want to have a life like that. So I'm going to go over here and do this thing. Or, you know, I never want to be this unhealthy again. So I'm going to make these changes and that's going to make me feel better. And when we're starting out with any sort of goal in our lives, I think the easiest, lowest hanging fruit to motivate us is an internal dialogue that's actually really harmful. The internal dialogue tells us that we're not good enough, we'll never measure up, nobody believes in us, we'll never be able to do it. There's all these things that stack in the back of our mind and you know what? They can get you to finish the training for the marathon and they can get you to show up and do work when it feels hard or when you feel unmotivated. That voice becomes this really easy thing to reach for 
it's almost like your own internal drill sergeant that's kind of like pushing you that extra mile. It's really effective, which is why so many people utilize it. The problem comes when that internal drill sergeant is the only resource you have to keep you going. Because I think, Jace, that's when that's when we become workaholics. That's when we become so driven. That's when we become so obsessed with achievement that we don't feel the achievement even when we experience it. It's like for anyone who's a high achiever and you check that box, right? You um, finish this project that you've been working on forever and you have exactly 37 seconds of joy or celebration and you run off to the next thing because the top of the mountain you just climbed, you realize is the base of the next mountain that you want to go to. So it's this never-ending hamster wheel. And on the one hand, that can take you a lot of places. I think if I did not have that earlier in my career, I don't know that I'd be in the place that I am. And I really hate when someone uses a hack or a skill or a process to achieve something, then they sort of get to the place that they're at and look back and are like, don't anyone else do it the way I did it? That was wrong. Well, it feels wrong because I have wisdom now to understand that that wasn't the healthiest pursuit. I'd be lying to you if I said that I wasn't hard on myself earlier in my career because I absolutely was. So it wasn't until I started to actually achieve some success that I began to have that sort of existential crisis that we see in movies or that we read about in books where you get this success and you're like, wait, what? This is what it is? This is what I've been killing myself to achieve? This is what I've missed time with my kids? This is what I missed, you know, dinner with my best friends. This is what I missed. All of these things, it was for this, this success and this achievement that I didn't even acknowledge or truly feel because I was just like hustling for my worth. It really took me getting to the place that I missed out on things. Or let me say it a different way. It really took me getting to the place where I understood that the price I had paid wasn't worth what I got for that payment. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. 
And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I've talked a lot about 2018, 2019, the biggest years of my professional career. I mean, this sounds so douchey, but I'm going to be real, just like printing money, falling off a log and making money. Like any, I just, everything was clicking. Everything was flowing. Everybody wanted me to speak on their stages. Everybody wanted me on their show, their podcast. And I never experienced anything like that before. And you think this is the thing. This is what I've been aiming for. And so you just say, yes, yes, yes. And you start doing all of it. And I got to the end of those two years with nothing left in the tank. Nothing left. Nothing left in the tank for my online community. Nothing left in the tank for my readers. Nothing left in the tank for my children or for myself. Like nothing. And that's when you understand all those things they say about you know, working to the expense of your health or working to the expense of your relationships it's never going to be worth it. That's my truth as I lived it. And it's very possible that you might experience something similar in your journey. But what I can tell you is what I know now. And how I balance it now as a 40-year-old woman is, oh, I'm going to sound like a super hippie. And if anything, I guess I could tell you that getting to the perspective I have today is the healthiest I think I've ever been. I got to a place where I questioned whether or not I wanted to do any of it. I was so emotionally depleted that I really didn't know if I could keep doing this work. And so there was a while where I thought maybe I wouldn't, like maybe I wouldn't get to do any of this anymore. And it took a long time. Like when you run yourself that ragged, it takes a long time to get to a place where you can start to feel like you've got something in your cup to pour out again. So the place that I sit today is with the perspective that I might not have been able to be here. I have the giddiness of a little kid. I feel passion for this work like I felt when I started it 15 years ago. Like, do you know how many people would pay money to bottle the passion that they felt at the beginning of the journey and have it with them a decade and a half into the process. I have that passion. I literally cannot, I cannot believe that this is my job. I can't believe that people, millions of people, listen to a podcast that I do. I can't believe that people read my books. I cannot believe that I get to stand on stage and talk to people and tell jokes and maybe motivate them and maybe they go home and do something that has some impact in their life. Like I get to do that for my job. That's insane. I read this thing 
last year maybe this great uh, Seth Godin quote. And he says, the opposite of quitting isn't just to carry on doing the thing you're doing. The opposite of quitting something is recommitting with passion. So the work I do today is from a place of passion. And maybe you're thinking, great, Rach, we love this for you, but what does this have to do with being a thought leader and balancing it out? And Because the work that I am doing today has the greatest impact, the greatest reach, the greatest amount of listeners, the greatest amount of readers, the greatest amount of eyeballs that it's ever had. And it has that, I think, because I'm not trying to hit a number. I'm not trying to achieve something. I'm not trying to be a thought leader. I'm not trying. I'm just really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying doing the work. I'm enjoying and, and grateful and sitting in this space of like, I can't believe this, which means that it feels good. My life feels good. What's wild is that because it feels good, I'm never running out of ideas. I'm never feeling depleted. I'm never feeling like I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I finished writing my 10th book this morning. My 10th book. I finished it. And I was so pumped that I finished writing my book that I then spent the afternoon recording podcasts. Like I checked the box this morning. I did the thing. I did my job. I did a major thing. And I didn't come and do this work for you now and answer your question now out of a place of obligation or because I felt like I had to or because I felt like, you know, I got to, I got to, I got to produce. I got to do. No, I came to do this work because I enjoy it. It pumps me up. I hope you can feel that it pumps me up. Because I'm doing it almost like one would pursue a hobby, like just because I love it, I feel totally content. I feel totally content with this work. I feel totally content with this life. I feel so damn lucky, so freaking blessed. I'm resting in what this is. And if this was my life for the rest of my life, what a phenomenal existence that would be. But the more people I interview and the more I learn and the more I do this work, the more I understand that the passion and the joy and the energy that you bring to your work, and for people like us, our work is a major part of our lives. This, this, these two things are totally intertwined. You can't separate them from each other. So what I understand, the more that I talk to people, is that those leaders that we admire most, the ones that are producing at the highest levels, the ones that are doing incredible, beautiful, amazing content, putting out in the world, is the people who love it. You can tell a difference. You can tell when someone's excited. You can tell when someone's enjoying all the parts of it. Not just the parts that they show on social media, but the actual life that they get to live. The passion is what allows me to feel contentment. 
if you're passionate about the work, then the work itself is what motivates you to keep going. It's not the ego-driven things. It's not the numbers. It's not, ironically, that stuff comes, but it doesn't come because you tried to force it. It comes because you just, you're loving what you're doing. You believe in your message. You believe in what you're saying. And so that's the energy you put out into the world. And those are the people that you attract back. Thanks, Jason, or whatever your name is. Thanks for the question. I appreciate it. And I wish you all the luck on this journey. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's 
traveltexas.com slash get your own. Okay, now we're going to go to our next question, which I have not heard before. So you and I are going to listen to it together in real time. But as a reminder, you can call in and leave a voicemail. It's like an old school answering machine. You can ask me anything and then you can be in an upcoming episode of the show. 737-400-4626. Now let's hear from Jess. Hey, Rach. My name is Jess. I'm 21 and I'm from Toronto, Canada. And I'm wondering, when did you find your core group of friends? I know you have a few really close girlfriends um, that are consistent in your life. I'm in I'm about to graduate my college degree and all the friends that I've kind of had over the years, I've had since high school, the friend groups are kind of falling apart. Um, Values are really, really changing. I used to party a lot. Now I don't like to party anymore. And I'm just finding that a lot of the girls who were my go-to people for so many years are no longer those people, whether that's they're going out and not inviting me, like things are slowly dwindling out, the friendships are evolving, they're maybe becoming more casual, we're all having different views for our future, values of what we want to create for our life right now, and it can be a really, really hard time, and it's really sad, and like the whole grief process of accepting that all these friendships are changing, I've gone through some friendship breakups, and I'm just like, okay, I know I need to make room for new friends to come in and I'm making room for that new energy. But again, I feel like that process to go from like someone being an acquaintance to like an inner circle friend is like, takes so many hangouts and so much hours of talking and it can be hard to dive deep fast, but I'm like you, I really want to go deep quickly. I have a podcast called Human to Human and I kind of talk about all these things of trying to navigate your 20s. Um, and all these different changes and following your dreams. But I really need help with this one. I am struggling in the friendship department and I I don't know what to do. So I would appreciate your advice and appreciate you. I'm a longtime listener. Love you so much. Okay, Jess, I love this question. And as most people will tell you, this is the kind of question that someone could just as easily be asking when they're nine or 72. Like, or 53. Like, it is one of those things that at different seasons in our lives, we have different people who come in and out. You'll have people in your life that you think, this is going to be my best friend for the rest of my life. We're going to be 100 years old, living in some witchy commune on a hillside in Maine. And then all of a sudden, they're just not in your life anymore. I think bridesmaids are an incredible example of this. Many of us who have been married can tell you, oh, yeah, I had five bridesmaids in my wedding. Three of them were related, and the other two, one of them I don't talk to at all, and the other one was a childhood best friend, and we still catch up like you do, you know, once a year on each other's birthdays or whatever, you say hello, but we're not day-to-day friends. And that feels totally wild to me because I'm like, this person was my everything, my best friend from like third grade through when we were 21 years old. So it seems on the one hand kind of depressing that we could have someone who was so important in our lives and now they aren't anymore. Or we can look at life and understand that life happens in seasons, that 
there are times where people come into our lives for a short period of time. And I think, you know, my childhood best friend is a great example. I love her very much. And if she called me right now, I haven't heard, it's almost April. The last time I talked to her was on my birthday in January. If she called me right now and was like, I need you, I would be there in two seconds. There's a bond that goes back so far that's never going to be taken away. But at the same time, our day-to-day lives are very different. I got married and had four kids. She started touring the world with bands. Like we just had very different lives. And I think what women do a lot is we decide that if their life is different than ours, that either their life is wrong or our life is wrong. So you've made the decision to change your values. You don't want to go out and party as much anymore. You're trying that's incredible. That That's so good for you. That's so amazing. It's great for your health and emotion, like all the things. We applaud you. But at the same time, the friends that you used to go out with, they might not be in that space yet. And it's unfair for us to ever try and rush someone into the life experience that we're currently having. But that's also sad because it means that we either have to show up as the person we once were or we're not going to be compatible with that group anymore. I heard this preacher. It was like I got it in like an Instagram reel or something. And this preacher said something. I'm going to butcher the quote. But it was something like, you're trying to soar for the first time. You're like an eagle and you're trying to soar for the very first time ever. And your wings are unsure and you don't really know how to take flight. But the biggest problem is not these unsteady wings. The biggest problem is that you keep trying to fly down low with the pigeons. He was like, it is not the pigeons' fault that they cannot soar at the level of an eagle. It is the eagle's fault that it keeps trying to go back down to a level it's not meant to be at anymore. When we evolve and when we grow, it means we're probably going to outgrow some spaces, some people, and some experiences. And that can feel lonely, especially when you experienced a really good friendship before. Now, if I've given this advice once, Jess, I've given this advice a thousand times on the show because so many women ask it. How do I make friends? How do I make friends? How do I make friends? How do I make friends later in life? How do I make friends as an adult? And the advice I have given over and over and over remains the same. People connect over shared interests. The problem and the reason that so many people struggle to make friends is that you are trying to make friends that look like you do. You're trying to make friends that are your age, kind of look the same, are into the same stuff. We try and find people like us, right? Which is especially hard if you're in a place of evolution because you're becoming something. You're like Michelle Obama, like you're becoming. You're, you don't know who you're going to be yet. So if you try and attract someone who's exactly like you, you're just going to end up outgrowing that friend again in 18 months. The alternative is you find someone who's into the same things you are into. There's a handful of stuff that I love. I love music. Love it. Love music. 
I love business. I love talking to other entrepreneurs. I love talking to small business owners. I love to talk about deep stuff. Like let's talk about the universe and manifesting and karma and energy and like witchy stuff and like what herbs are helping you with your lunar cycle. Like I can talk about the stuff I love and immediately connect over the stuff I love with anyone. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter what they do for a job or how they vote. If they are into the same stuff I'm into, we can be friends. And in fact, most of the friends I've met, it's because we bonded over something that we were both into. So my suggestion is you stop looking for someone who you think would make a good friend and you just start looking to invest more in what you love to do. Because if you start investing more in what you love to do, then you'll start going to events and you'll check out a meetup and you'll attend a conference and you'll post about it on social media. And in doing those things, you'll start to attract other people in the community who are also doing those things, right? Like you're trying to build up your podcast, you said. So find a conference that you can go to. Find a conference that you can go to for other people who are earlier in their podcasting journey. And then you show up at this thing with positive energy and an eager heart and an intention that you're going to connect. And I guarantee you, you're going to meet all kinds of new friends. Now, The other thing that you said that's really interesting, and I want to just like point this out to you, is you're like, you know, but I want to go deep. I want to take this friendship deep and I want it to get, you're trying to force the process. You're trying to force the relationship to get to a place that it hasn't naturally progressed to. And you have to remember, not everybody processes deep feelings in the same way you do. I loved, I mean, I want it. Let's talk about it all. I want to go deep. I want it. Like, what's your childhood trauma? Do we have a trauma bond? What is happening? Let's, I'll, I'll talk to someone on a plane. Like I, I'm here for it. My boyfriend, not so much. He has to get to a place where he feels safe with someone before he's willing to like open his chest cavity and like let everyone see what's going on inside. And not only that, but there's very specific situations where he is more likely to feel comfortable sharing. This is something that took me forever to learn with him. He needs to be moving. He literally needs to be walking in nature, going on a hike, swimming in the ocean. He needs to be doing something physical in order to feel like he can verbally process and go deep with someone. Now, I mean, we've been together for two years. Like, he can go there quickly. But when we first met, I had no idea that the reason we were able to immediately go to such deep conversations is because we met as friends to go walk around the lake. That was what we did every time. We took four hour walks around the lake with coffee and we talked about everything. And I was like, this is amazing. This guy loves to go deep just like I love to go deep. It was a very specific circumstance. And later on in life, When we'd be sitting on the couch and I'd be like, I need to process these feelings. And he would be like, like, I can't do this. Neither one of us could understand why the way the other person was processing was so different than the one we had met. So I say that to you because you may be a person that meets someone and very quickly wants to take it to the deepest 
levels. But that's also a very easy thing to manipulate. And I don't mean you. I mean that if you're someone who immediately wants the friendship to be the deepest kind of friendship, it's very easy for someone to emotionally open up to you and have you think that the bond is deeper than it actually is. That 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 conversation to you is a sign that, man, this is real. But that other person, it might not be something that means a whole lot, which can be confusing for you. It can make you feel like friends are ghosting you. It can make you feel like, man, I thought we had something, but you're not really showing up the way I want you to. I have a friend, one of my very dear friends, who was a pastor for a really long time. And this is something that happened to her a ton. Her literal job was to meet with people and counsel them and talk about hard things. And she's also really funny and she's really friendly and everybody loves her. And it created this situation where so many people in her life thought that they had a very deep bond with her when really she was counseling them. So people would think like, oh my gosh, this is like one of my closest friends. You know, of course they're going to go to my birthday camping trip. And she would be like, what? Like we're, so that as the test, like going deep as the litmus test of whether or not someone's like in the friendship with you, I don't think is always a fair assessment of where it stands. So what I would suggest is that you just ease up on yourself a little bit. Ease up on yourself and ease up on what you expect out of these other relationships. And set an intention that's just a little bit gentler. That you are not asking of every potential person that they might be your new bestie. You're asking of a potential friend that they might be a great coffee date that they might be a great person to brainstorm content ideas for your podcast, that they might be someone who wants to go to Soul Cycle with you. Just make it a little gentler because if you have a gentler approach to this potential friendship, it takes a lot of the pressure off. And in the absence of pressure, you can just have fun, which is what the friendship is supposed to be anyway. Sometimes when we lose a piece that was very important to us, the way that we handle it is we try to create something to fill the void as fast as possible. But maybe the reason you've lost some relationships in this season is that this is a season when you're supposed to work on the relationship you have with yourself. Maybe this is when you start doing things alone. Maybe you go to a concert by yourself or go to that conference by yourself. Maybe you aim for something that allows you to get to know yourself better, to get to love yourself better, to take this relationship with you, which is the only friendship that you are going to have for your entire life. Maybe this is an amazing opportunity for you to dive deeper into that 
And what I know about manifesting is that when you experience a beautiful friendship in one area of your life, it raises the vibration to attract more beautiful friendships in every area of your life. So let the relationship you have with yourself be the one that takes the highest precedence. Don't don't go out, don't go through life trying to find your new best friend. Go through life trying to be your new best friend. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Guys, I hope that today's Ask Rach was helpful for you. I hope you heard something that you needed or maybe you heard me say something that would be perfect for your cousin or your boyfriend or your bestie. Send this podcast to them. As this conversation has proven, dudes listen to the show too, which is so rad. I am so grateful that I get to hang out with you every single day. It tickles me pink to be here and uh, be in this relationship. I will be back soon with more conversation. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up like the podcast, just do all the things, you know, all the things. And if you have a question, call the podcast hotline, leave me a voicemail. Let me know what's up. 737-400-4626. I look forward to answering more of your questions real soon. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.